and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, Week 16 Injury Report Edition. Merry freaking Christmas, two days away. Happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. It's always a great day to be great here on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast and life in general, obviously. By the way, I'm your host, Ian Harditz. As always, joining me on this lovely Friday afternoon. By lovely, I mean terrible but, hey, good, always good to see you, my friend. Nick Botterford, PFF analyst. You see him all around the industry. My man is always grinding. Nick, what's up, man? Hey, Ian. How you doing? Oh, I was getting some uh, primary data done today. You know, it's a big, bad week of weather. I got an article on PFF.com talking about all the elements. We're going to go through some more. Had to go out there, shovel some snow, you know, really get myself in tune to what my fantasy players are going to have to go through this weekend before setting those final starting lineups. So my big takeaway is, man, I'll yeah, just fuck wind chill, man. I am so <laughs> tired of it. That's a big part for me. Like I can deal with the precipitation, the snow being a little bit cold, but and that wind comes, man. Maybe I'm just soft these days, but I do not know how people can put up with that. But it's done. Driveway's looking good. Dog's got a spot to walk in the grass, and I am feeling much better now that I am back in the warmth of my lovely Columbus, Ohio house. So with all that said, Nick, did want to update people on some of this hellacious weather we have for the weekend. I went through all these situations on Wednesday, got an article up on pff.com. And if you guys didn't check that out, the main takeaway, winds are always the biggest problem here. But if we have mediocre winds, you know, 15 miles per hour instead of 20 plus combined with, you know, sub-zero temperatures or feels like temperatures with a bunch of precipitation on top of that guess what we're not gonna be feeling great about that either so when i wrote my article there were three main games that we had to worry about the stuff in cleveland where we're talking 25 30 mile per hour sustained winds gusts up to 40 50 miles per hour as well as the game last night with the jets and the jaguars as we saw that certainly played a role in it the third other game we've known we have to worry about all week long is the Bills at the Bears in Chicago. Feels like temperature of negative 10 degrees with sustained winds north of 20 miles per hour. So those were the main ones. And still with the Cleveland Saints game, with the Bears-Bills game, though those are concerning. Other than the quarterbacks in Buffalo and Chicago, because luckily we got Allen and Fields more than capable of running around, I do think it warrants you know dropping all these guys in the ranks. And Nick, I don't know about you, man. I want nothing to do with the pass catchers involved with the Saints and Browns, except for one. He's not really a pass catcher, and that man is Taysom Hill. I've talked to you, you know, throughout this year, we've gone back and forth on the ranks, and you were much more of a Taysom Hill believer than I was here, you know, say week seven, week eight. How far do you have him up the ranks this week? I, I think he's just like a standard tight end one. His his ceiling is certainly enhanced. Like if they want to give him 10 carries, like let's go. <laughs> I mean, that's it's so much more reliable than anything else. I started the week with him as my tight end seven. I think I'm going to bump him up a spot or two. Like Dallas Goddard versus Taysom Hill. Are you taking Taysom over Dallas? That's a really good. They'll probably be ranked right next to each other. What do you think of Taysom versus Juwan Johnson? I'm going to go with Taysom. Because, again, Juwan, we need the reception stuff. I just don't trust any of the pass catchers in that game. So if we were playing this one in the Dome, like, yeah, give me Juwan Johnson from that. All the dude is doing is catching touchdowns. So the way I have it right now, the only tight ends I would start ahead of Taysom Hill, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz, and Dallas Goddard. So I would start Taysom Hill ahead of guys like Chiggy Okonkwo, Pat Frymuth, Dawson Knox, David Njoku, Gerald Everett, Darren Waller, amongst other guys. And honestly, Nick, like, 
like with a lot of these guys, it wasn't even super close because guys like Jawan Johnson have the brutal weather. Guys like Darren Waller, Pat Fryermuth are either playing banged up or getting eased back into action. We're not having the massive roles. Our guy Chicky Okonkwo having to deal with Malik Willis under center. All in on the Taysom Hill experience this week. Few other notes, because again, we started the week off with three main concerns, but two other ones have seeped into it. And probably should have started with this. I gave the man plenty of shout outs on this podcast plenty of other times, but Kevin Roth. A plus number one meteorologist in the industry and especially in our hearts here on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Go check out his stuff on rotogrinders.com slash weather slash NFL. He's on Twitter at Kevin Roth WX. So fantastic stuff from Kevin. Awesome little premium package on rotogrinders.com if you guys want to pay up for that. Otherwise, you can just look at his base meteorologist report like we are right now. So the two other games that Kevin is especially worried about comes down the Falcons at the Ravens where yes, it's going to be freezing with the temperatures in the teens also looking at winds between 15 20 miles and gusts up to 20 or 30 so he has that's not quite the level of chicago or cleveland but it is breezy enough to consider wind as a factor so in this one nick it is mark andrews there where it's just like <sighs> so tired of talking about this guy's possible possible potential turn around each and every week because it has been so long. Literally, I think he's the only pass catcher from either team that I would recommend as a start. Drake London, someone that's going to be in that wide receiver three range, probably right alongside a lot of the Saints and Browns, you know, pass catchers that we aren't feeling good about. Anyone that you're overly trusting in the Falcons and Ravens contest. Um, so Demarcus Robinson has just been a target hog on the perimeter. And that's, that's where, um, Tyler Huntley is aiming a plurality of his targets there. Uh, Huntley's a dot is between seven and eight yards. And that's exactly where, um, Demarcus Robinson's is, which, you know, that's not too far downfield. So I think that, that they can kind of take advantage of, of the Falcons secondary. One thing that I've been trying to get into is just the direction of the field and the wind placement. PFF has a guy or had a guy, Scott Spratt, who's done some wind studies where like, if the wind is coming behind the guy, it's maybe not that much of a bad thing. But anyway, that's, that's for the listeners to go dig up uh, on their own. That's some good stuff there, Nick. All right, the other game we got to worry about, Raiders at the Steelers. So, again, it's one of those things where in these matchups, I mean, we got the Ravens, Falcons, Raiders, Steelers, Bills, Bears, Saints, and Browns all being impacted. Out of all those, I think Mark Andrews and Stefan Diggs are the only pass catchers that are truly must-starts. I'm not telling you, you can't play a Cole Komet if he's your only tight end option. Someone like Demarcus Robinson, Drake London, Deontay Johnson. I'm not going to rank these guys as like my wide receiver 60, like to the point that you would never even consider it. That said, if it is anything like a close tiebreaker, an Adam Thielen of the world, maybe a Michael Gallup, someone that's just not quite as bad of a game, I am more than find using weather as a tiebreaker so just keep that in mind the other contests that are being effect affected but not it's it's not quite as bad as the other ones lions panthers Bengals, patriots seahawks chiefs also the texans and titans all getting yellow grades from kevin and then finally packers and dolphins just a low chance of shower 10 miles per hour wind on sunday not expecting anything bad i mean if miami was really going to screw us with bad weather while the rest of the country is going through all this stuff that would have just been too much so again Great stuff from our guy, Kevin Roth, over at Roto Grinders. And with that, Nick, let's go ahead and move on to the specific injuries. We have quite a few to talk about here in an always eventful Week 16 slate. First of all, the main one on the week, Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts has been ruled out with that right shoulder injury. So Gardner Minshew, I've talked about him a lot already this week, but he comes in as my QB 16. 
basically the number one streaming quarterback available in most leagues. Now, I would still start guys like Daniel Jones and Jared Goff ahead of Minshew. I I, I realize, though, that they are generally owned in 50-60% or more of leagues. So, Nick, when I say guys like Minshew, Brock Purdy, you know, Derek Carr, Nick Foles, Kenny Pickett, are you comfortable riding with Minshew ahead of all of them? Yeah, I think I'm double checking right now. I think that I've got him as the quarterback 13. Uh, he's like, okay, yeah, he. we're in the same area here. I have Purdy uh, two, three spots ahead of him, but I, it's the Dallas defense. It, it's really tough, man. Uh, but I like, I think Minshew, I think that he can point guard his way to a good day. That's a good way of putting it. All right, Bills quarterback Josh Allen still dealing with that right elbow ailment to an extent, but not listed on the final report. Good to go. Only quarterback I would start ahead of him this week is one Patrick Mahomes. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson going to miss another week with that knee injury. We have Tyler Huntley listed as questionable, but John Harbaugh already confirmed that he will be the starter Saturday against the Falcons. So with Tyler Huntley, again, this has been a broken passing game for the Ravens. And this is honestly, I'm not here to slander Lamar. It's more so just a reality of this offense. The pass catchers before the season started, I think we all would probably say it was a bottom five group in the league. So what do you expect to happen when a bunch of those guys get hurt? When your team is unironically adding Sammy Watkins in December and people are excited <laughs> about this, that is not good, everyone. So it's not so much an indictment on Tyler Huntley or Lamar, but unfortunately with Huntley, like he's kind of in that Malik Willis range for me, Nick, where I have no confidence in either guy putting up any level of passing production. That said, theoretically, both these guys do run the ball enough to maybe get something going. So I'm not terrified of this matchup at all. I mean, some of the stuff in my mismatch manifesto is saying that yards before, uh, Contact per carry, explosive run play rate. The Ravens, you could argue, have the best matchup on the ground all week. That said, Tyler Huntley, the lows have just been so low. So where are you settling in with Huntley, Nick? I'm definitely going to have Minshew ahead of him. I would probably lean Brock Purdy. I think where it gets interesting and where I probably would lean towards Huntley is against pocket passers with severe weather issues like Derek Carr and Kenny Pickett. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking at my rankings, and I – I think I am higher on Huntley than you are because I have Malik Willis as like a quarterback three. Um, but I, all those guys that you just listed, we are, we are in kismet here with Huntley's right in the middle and, you know, Karin and Pickett are below him. I'll skip down a little bit and talk about Malik just because we're on that topic. So I guess my reason for more optimism with Malik is hearing what's the final report on Tannehill. Like he's not expecting to play the rest of the year, correct? Right. Yeah. So to me, this is different than when it was a spot start where they were kind of hoping Tannehill could get out there back in week eight. And then they had the next start against the Chiefs where those were always in my mind spot starts. Tannehill's back. The second he's back. I know we had the primetime game against the Chiefs and, you know, we had Twitter going crazy about it. But I never consider this anything close to a quarterback controversy. Now that Tannehill's out, though, this is still a team with playoff aspirations. We're going to have the massive AFC South defining game coming up against the Jaguars. I'm well aware. Derrick Henry with the four straight 200-plus yard rushing games against this group. But I really feel like, man, that if they have any any hopes of getting going in these playoffs and achieving anything with this team, which I fully realize, you know, the chances of them making it too far in the playoffs with this roster are pretty much near zero. That said, I just have a hard time believing Malik's going to only be throwing the ball 10 freaking times like he did in the first matchup against these guys. So it's one of those, Nick, where, no, in one quarterback leagues, please don't start Malik Willis. Gardner, Minshew, Brock, Purdy, Tyler Huntley, all these guys I would have ahead of Malik. I guess I'm more so, if you can get Malik now and, like, what happens? if we see Malik all of a sudden 
carry the ball 12 times, run for 80 yards like we know he's capable of, and not be a zero in the passing game. If anything, man, I'd like to be a week ahead of of the public on Malik in DFS. And then also hopefully stashing him on that bench if you are in a quarterback conundrum and then maybe having uh, the better fantasy quarterback than real life that we we're hoping for from the guy in week 17 and beyond. I, th- I think all that's super fair. I, I uh, And I, I like the points that you're making about kind of the difference in uh, the point of the season and how the team might be approaching Willis's development because they do need to see something from him like ahead of this year's draft. So like- I think all that's fair. They're not going to get anything going. I mean, maybe they can against the Texans again. We've seen what Terrick Henry can do. But at some point, even if you're not going to be able to throw the ball well, you got to at least make the defense think that you have even a small inclination to try and do so. Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett is good to go after clearing the concussion protocol. Unfortunately, Cardinals quarterback Cole McCoy is not. This will lead to Trace McSorley under center, and that is incredibly bad news for these wide receivers. Again, We've talked about this before. Kyler Murray to Colt McCoy. Who do we want out there for the best of the franchise? Definitely Kyler. Who's the better quarterback? Definitely Kyler. Look at the legs and everything, but we're not talking about real life. When we move to fantasy, you could actually talk yourself into Colt McCoy not being much of a drop-off because we're getting more volume. He wasn't as involved in the run game. And let's face it, at least this year, the passing numbers were looking pretty similar between the two guys. Now I'm throwing that out the window when we have to go from Kyler to Colt McCoy to then Trace McSorley, who does not have the same passing efficiency of these guys. And fortunately, he's got a little more Kyler than Colt in him when it comes to taking off and running, which is not going to be good for anyone other than the Trace McSorley business. So, God, no, we do not want anything to do with the Trace McSorley business in its own right. How far are you dropping DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown, though, Nick? Because for me, I have Hopkins settling in much more as a low-end wide receiver, too. I mean, someone like Brandon Ayuk, Mike Williams, I think I'd I'm pretty freaking sure I'll be starting those guys ahead of him. Hollywood Brown someone that I'm going to avoid touching at all, I, especially because he's even questionable at this point. So thoughts on what Trace McSorley means to these pass catchers. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is my wide receiver 20. Okay. Yeah, that's actually pretty much right where I was thinking about putting them. So good yeah. stuff there. And with Marquise Brown, man, I think at this point he's questionable. I haven't unless I've missed something in terms of like Cliff saying that he's going to be just fine. I mean, they're playing at Sunday night, man. So I don't think you can even risk getting all the way over there and having any level of confidence. Yeah. So Marquise Brown, even versus guys like Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones dealing with this terrible weather. Like, yeah, it's terrible weather, but at least we know they're going to be out there on the football field. That is going to be rough. So yes, if, at all you have a close start sit decision with Marquise Brown please pick the other guy DeAndre Hopkins still a volume based wide receiver too we just don't have as much of a ceiling and finally Brock Purdy has had an extra time to get through that oblique injury he is not listed multiple touchdowns in three of his extended appearances this season once again Gardner Minshew really the only you know readily available waiver wire quarterback that would play ahead of Purdy Appreciate our live YouTube chat folks in here with us. Again, happy holidays to all our guys. Cedric's wondering, Herbert or Fields with the horrible weather. Nick, I am still leaning Justin Fields because, again, it's almost like a blessing, the fact that we have Fields and Josh. Like, we know what they can do running the footballs, in Fields' case especially, no Chase Claypool, Equinemius St. Brown is, is going to be out there as well. He's just going to be more inclined to run the ball more than ever, and we've seen him do that at almost a higher level than any NFL quarterback. 
back literally ever. So for me, man, maybe I'm, again, being a little too trustworthy in those rushing floors, but I have it Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Fields, and then Justin Herbert, number four. So I would go Fields just ahead of Herbert, albeit I do have them ranked right next to each other. What say you? Yeah, uh, I've got Fields as the quarterback three. Uh, I I agree with every everything you're saying about the weather, you know, creating a a higher volume running day for him. One thing of note: the Bears uh, placed Jalen Johnson, cornerbacks Jalen Johnson and Kendall Vindor on injured reserve like an hour and a half ago. So, like Buffalo, I I know it's you know the weather is a problem, but like I, I think that the Buffalo passing game can get some stuff going um, against a recently decimated uh bear secondary so that's going to put the the onus on on fields to get some something done here yeah so you can argue herbert's the more safe guy because he's not playing on weather but that colts defense is especially against the pass uh not really a unit to mess with i mean we saw herbert last week dud because he doesn't run the ball as much as some of these other guys so again it's a very good problem to have if you want to roll with justin herbert over justin fields again we're talking about my qb3 versus my qb4 i'm not going to call you an idiot i would hope you don't call me an idiot if it ends up going the other way but that's just how fantasy football goes sometimes week to week league as they would say at running back now, 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey, good to go, not listed with that knee issue. Jordan Mason was a late-week addition. So, look, you're firing up McCaffrey anyway, but I would just say with Mitchell on IR, with Debo Samuel out, and now with Jordan Mason as a hamstring, you know, potential late-week uh, addition, CMC now has the legit every-down workload that he had in Carolina on top of all the schematic and offensive line goodness that we were hoping to see in San Francisco. Also, good news for you, Nick Chubb. Fantasy managers did not know what was going on with back-to-back DMPs to start the week, but he's not listening on the injury report. Good to go for Saturday. Sure would make a lot of sense if they feed him the ball as much as possible in that terrible weather. Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker and DJ Dallas questionable with ankle injuries, but head coach Pete Carroll has already said both are expecting to play through their ailments. I have Kenneth Walker as my RB13 on the week. I still think he profiles as someone with 15 to 20 plus carries on his plate any given day and yeah the pass game usage isn't amazing but man it's one of those things where we kind of hold everyone up to that McCaffrey like level of usage and guess what? Nobody's really going to get that other than Christian freaking McCaffrey. So with Walker, he actually ran a route on a higher rate of his quarterback's dropbacks than Austin Eckler did last week. So I get it. Targets need to happen on those on those dropbacks and routes for it to actually matter for fantasy points. But Nick, with Kenneth Walker, again, I understand against the Chiefs, they've been better against the run than the past this year, but this is one of the only games of the freaking slate, probably the freaking month that's actually flirting with that 50-point game total. Thoughts on Walker? Because I saw you rolling your eyes, man. No, no, I, I'm not. I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm just. I'm nervous. I don't like that he. I don't. He wasn't able to practice at all. I don't think this week. Um, Travis Homer, as I recall, and I haven't looked at this since Sunday. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think Travis Homer took every passing down snap in the game last week. And so Kenneth Walker, like we have running backs like Joe Mixon that get these high volume workloads. They don't necessarily get passing down work, but they still run routes. Like that's that's fine. We can win with that. That's kind of what Walker is getting, though. And in this game script where it's, I mean, I, I think 
KC is going to be playing with a lead. Um, I'm I'm downgrading Walker both because of game script, because of role, and because of the foot. Now that said, I still think you probably need to start him. I've got him as like, oh God, this is another Kamara thing where I don't even oh, want no. to talk about this because it's like he's he's in he's in the RB twenties for me, and I don't like it. I don't like it, but um, man, it's just. I don't like the the factor the the all of the variables here. There are, there are a lot to to take note of, but but I am saying like I I don't think you should start Latavius Murray over him. Okay, so you know I, like I, yeah. I we know how good he is. He just makes me a little bit nervous. Hey, to your credit, man, I just pulled this up. You had a Kamara RB twenty five last week, right? It was twenty five or twenty six. He finishes the RB25 last week. So. <laughs> Good job by you, Nick. I'm just going to be taking a lot more of those Walker touches. So luckily the Seattle offense doing a little better than the Saints, but fair play to you. He, he's a rock solid RB2. I think your point about Latavius makes sense. When we start looking at guys like Latavius Murray, like Zach Moss, AJ Dillon, and those types, please, for the love of God, play Kenneth ahead of, ahead of them. I say the same thing for Alvin Kamara, amongst others. Okay, Dolphins running back, Jeff Wilson officially questionable with his hip injury. If there's another good question, if Jeff Wilson is once again sidelined, which you know we will have to wait and see on Sunday. Uh, this is the problem, man, because we have all these Saturday games before then. So I guess how confident would you be in firing up Raheem Mostert, even if Jeff Wilson returns? Because we're going to have a lot of people that have running backs all throughout Saturday that are available. I mean, if Jeff Wilson comes back, I would think things could be closer to a 50-50 split, albeit I still would be heavily favoring Mostert to be the more fantasy viable back. So when I say Mostert versus guys like uh, David Montgomery, J.K. Dobbins, Najee Harris, would you just be taking more of the sure points that we know are going to be there on Saturday or risking Mostert maybe having to have more competition with Wilson on Sunday? I would take Najee Harris, J.K. Dobbins over Raheem. And then I think mm, the Khalil Herbert's return maybe elevates Raheem Mostert over David Montgomery. It, fortunately, the, the Green Bay defense, I'm just trying to get to the run defense stats here, but not, not that great. Um, the Sunday thing that complicates I. What, what always scares me about Raheem Mostert is more so his like brittle nature. And if you've ridden him this far, like, you know, just don't even think about that. I, I think I think you start Raheem Mostert, even if Jeff Wilson is active. What was his what was Wilson's practice status? Oh, little LP all day. Every every practice was up. Yeah, I, I think you're fine with Mostert as like a low end RB2. Yeah, when you don't even see the guy get up to a full practice, even if Wilson's going to play, hard to think he is back at 100%. So good stuff there. Uh, some of those running backs we just mentioned that do, in fact, uh, not happen to be listed on the final injury report. Najee Harris, A.J. Dillon, and Aaron Jones, all good to go for their respective Week 16 matchups. We also have Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson, technically listed as questionable, as is Damian Harris, but with Stevenson, seems far more like maintenance and just Patriots being Patriots here. So rugby. Regardless of if Damian Harris suits up, we're firing up Ramondre Stevenson as a locked-in RB1. He's got the pass-down work for it, regardless of if Damian comes back. And we've even seen some of these games where Harris has been in and out of the lineup, and Stevenson has still led the way on the ground, even with a somewhat healthy of Harris out there. I am not certain that we're going to see a more healthy Damian Harris out there. Keep on starting Ramondre Stevenson. 
Commanders running back Antonio Gibson, not listed, but it's just such a brutal matchup for him and Brian Robinson against Nick Bosa and company. Really would try to go with any other options you have for that spot. Broncos running back Latavius Murray is questionable with a foot injury. I believe this is actually a midweek thing. Did you see that, Nick? I didn't, but what is with all these running backs and foot injuries? I've never seen so many. It's, yeah. Okay, so it wasn't a midweek thing. He started off the week as limited with the foot, but then he went down to a DMP on Thursday, and he only got back up to a limited practice on Friday. So certainly not ideal there. We did see, you know, the free safety, Kwan Williams, follow the same practice precipitation part- participation. Uh, God, the weather is just ruining my vocabulary now. This is <laughs> fantastic. Uh, but different injuries and stuff. Again, Latavius Murray, I know I've been critical of him throughout this year, and he's had uh, performances like last week where he's proved that even bad running backs can be just fine in fantasy when you're getting 20 plus touches that said if we're not going to take an injured version of a bad running back and <laughs> nick it's just and it's on it's on sunday too that's the other thing we're not going to have aaron donald in this game i'm you know i know i'm saying some mean things here but like latavius murray if we knew he was going to play i'd be willing i think i have him rb 24 so like it I'm calling him an RB2. I am, I've admitted to it. He's a volume-based RB2. But when he's banged up like that, Nick, I think we're going to have to side with some other guys that are ranked around there that we just don't have the same injury concerns about. So someone like Najee Harris, someone like J.K. Dobbins, even a Dave Montgomery, Alvin Kamara, I think I'm forced to start all those guys ahead of Latavius. I definitely agree. And I'm like, I'm really high on Najee this week for just for the record with the the matchup against Las Vegas. But um yeah, I think I think Latavius Murray. I think if you added him, you probably needed a running back, and so like you know, go ahead. Um, I, what are you doing with Marlon Mack? He's got the passing down role. Do you trust him? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, it's just a slight little ding to Latavius, and doesn't make things any easier. But it's been a nice little story with seeing Marlon get back out there. But again, we're talking about the league's single worst scoring offense here. So even facing you know a slightly reduced and not even slightly a majorly reduced Rams defense without Aaron Donald, still not enough for me to call any of these guys you know true recommended starts. Move on to wide receiver. Not a ton of, you know, outlying issues here. I think most of these guys are already in and out, but we got a few things to talk about. So T Higgins, good to go. Got in that final full practice of the week and not listed. Fire him up as his usual rock solid wide receiver to self. We do have Tyrell Lockett out with a hand injury and Marquise Goodwin is questionable with wrist and ankle issues. That said, again, head coach Pete Carroll said on Thursday that he does expect all his questionable players to eventually suit up. So Marquise for me, more of a boomer bust wide receiver receiver for Metcalf though locked in as a top 10 receiver are you higher on a Marquise Goodwin Nick I know he's had some solid performances this year and the matchup is winnable enough but man you take him obviously working out a little bit less than 100 whether it's an ideal in Kansas City like where do you fall on Marquise Goodwin versus Donovan Peoples-Jones and Cooper who are obviously dealing with way worse weather I would take the that's a great question. I think I would take the Cleveland wide receivers over him. What what I don't like with Goodwin, and I just um, what I don't like with Goodwin was he was a full participant with a wrist injury, suffered an ankle injury Thursday, and then didn't practice on Friday. Pete Carroll, who just believes all of his players can <laughs> heal instantly, says that he's going to play. If I had written the, the DFS cheat sheet, which we didn't do this week, if I had written it, Seattle wide receiver Derek Young would be my long shot weird guy play <laughs> against Kansas City. So take that, you know, as you, got, you will. You got another one those last week with Rashid Shaheen, man. Kings, I know. Hey, Kings. <laughs> 
49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel out with the ankle and knee issues. And I just think it's a good reminder, man. Like, I still have Brandon Ayuk as a top 20 receiver last uh, or this week. I know he dudded last week when Kittle got going. But without Debo in there, it does condense things just enough where, hey, it's still McCaffrey, Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk there. We're going to see some Dewan Jennings, even some, you know, Ray Ray McLeod goodness going on here and there. So I'm not saying it's always going to be a situation where all these guys are balling out. Look at Philly, you know, AJB, Devontae, and Dallas Goddard. You'd always see one of those talented guys dudding because when you have a run first offense, they're not going to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns every game. So don't let one disappointing Brandon Ayuk game distract from the fact that he's got this winnable matchup here and should continue to see a bit more volume without Debo. Already talked a little about Marquise Brown and these Cardinals wide receivers without Trace McSorley. So again, Hollywood is officially questionable and not playing until Sunday night. So man, unless we hear something tomorrow morning saying he is 100% good to go, the questionable things, a government conspiracy, I just am not going to be getting behind Brown. I would be highly doubtful of that playing out. We do not have many, if any, Bears wide receivers still employed by this team at this point. Claypool is doubtful with a knee. Equinemius St. Brown out with a concussion. Please do not play those guys by any, obviously not them because they're out. Don't play anyone in the Bears passing game if you can at all help it. I do, I, I was meant to say this before and I got caught up with something else, but I agree with your general sentiment that the Bills can maybe still put up some passing yards or at least try to. Like Stefan Diggs for me, I He's not a top five receiver. He's still a top 10, though. You better have an unreal lineup to warrant putting that guy anywhere near the bench. And let's face it, we had that game last year where Mac Jones threw the ball like three times with the 40, 50 mile per hour wind gusts. Josh Allen and company were still, you know, pushing 30 pass attempts in that game. <laughs> it's in their blood, man. They're just, they're, yeah. they're going to throw the football. They're going to keep throwing the football regardless of what Mother Nature has to say. Saints wide receiver Chris Olave out with a hamstring. Jarvis Landry on IR with the ankle injury. So Nick Underhill, who I consider one of the better beat writers in all of the NFL and the world for that matter. He does fantastic stuff for the New Orleans Saints, and he has a website, neworleans.football. You guys should check out. So, again, he said that he's not going to get insider information from Dennis Allen about what their game plan is going to be. But if Nick believes this could be a full Taysom game and maybe you say never go full Taysom, whatever your mindset is on that, if the Saints want to go full Taysom, we should be paying attention accordingly in fantasy land. So, legit upside tight end one this week. Come on. Come on, Taysom. I've never been cheering this much for this dude. Do not break my heart in the fantasy finals, man. Home league, Nick. I'm trusting Taysom. Why the hell not? Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson officially questionable with a toe injury. He's been one of these guys, more so been a hip injury, keeping him on that injury report. But it is concerning because it is a Saturday evening game with a bunch of go- with a bunch of them going before. As we talked about with our weather intro, this is a game that has been downgraded to the yellow orange territory by. Rotor Grinders, Kevin Roth. He's actually coming off his two best games of the season, Nick. So I still think he's a volume-based wide receiver three play of healthy enough to suit up. That being said, it's not a given that he is going to be suiting up. So anything at all close with Deontay and another wide receiver three type talent, I would go with the other guy. That seemed fair. Well, yeah, it does because these two great games were with Trubisky, right? Like now they're going back to Pickett, who for whatever reason can't throw the ball well to Deontay. So yeah, I agree. I would pick the other side. And Deontay was the one calling for Mason Rudolph. Like, bro, Trubisky's the one getting you the ball. Give uh, give the man some credit. Titans wide receiver Traylon Burks, questionable with a concussion still. He practiced in full all week. Either way, not a recommended start due to Malik Willis under center. With the Texans, Nico Collins 
Jones on IR. He's done for the season. Brandon Cooks is questionable with his calf injury. And Chris Moore is also questionable with the foot injury. So if Cooks joins Nico on the sidelines again, I am down to fire up more as this volume-based wide receiver three that he's honestly been here over the past two, three weeks of action. I would never confuse my mans for a Monroe St. Brown in terms of talent or anything like that. Although you start taking away a bunch of players from the offense, Chris Moore is seemingly the last man standing that they are down to feed the ball. So I do think he warrants volume-based wide receiver three play if active and if Cooks is sidelined. Cowboys wide receiver Noah Brown, not listed with the foot injury, but don't go chasing those two touchdowns. It does sound like T.Y. Hilton will be making his Cowboys debut. Certainly does seem like Brown's going to be the one on the, maybe not the outside look, looking in. Like I still think he'll probably be the number three wide receiver in this offense, starting more times than not in three wide receiver sets. But T.Y. is certainly going to cut in to that route rate specifically. With the Broncos, Corlin Sutton questionable with a hamstring. Kendall Hinton is out with a hamstring injury. So, once again, it's a Sunday afternoon game. Nick, Jerry Judy, if we do see a situation where Corlin Sutton returns, all of a sudden we're not getting as much guaranteed volume. And it's not a wonderful matchup against Jalen Ramsey and that secondary. I know Ramsey's been down this year. I'm not expecting a shadow matchup, but it's not a complete layup. That's all I'm trying to say. Thoughts on Jerry Judy with Sutton potentially returning? So I was too low on Jerry Judy last week. I think ultimately he will just sort of fluctuate in the wide receiver three range, depending on Cortland Sutton's availability. I don't know if he should like fluctuate. Like maybe he just, he just should be a high end wide receiver three. Uh, Cause Sutton doesn't seem to be able to command targets, but yeah, right now he's my wide receiver 28. And, and I agree that the, the, the Ram secondary has performed a lot better than the narrative around them se- seems to be. With uh, Sutton, he didn't even get a full practice in at any point this week. So as we were just talking about, we tend to think that he's going to be on potentially the wrong side of questionable there. So I have GD as my wide receiver 28. I might bump him down just a spot or two. But basically, he's one of the last wide receivers that like I would play ahead of the really good wide receivers that are unfortunately stuck in some of these really bad weather games. Patriots wide receiver Devontae Parker out with a concussion. Jacoby Myers is questionable with the shoulder, but we're expecting him to play. Tyquan Thornton, late addition to the injury report, questionable with a knee injury. All that to say, Nelson Aguilar, 3.3K on DraftKings, signed me up as a pump play. Please, though, don't play any of these guys if you can at all help it with your redraft playoffs on the line. I mean, Jacoby, I don't think he's going to be doghouse necessarily. He's been too big of a factor for their passing game over the past few years. But again, it's just not going to be good weather there. We've seen Mac Jones just couldn't get to 150 yards against the Raiders. Like, you know, every he missed Jacoby Myers like a 30-yard wide-open seam route. And it's just like we still want to blame Matt Patricia for every single miscue that happens on this team. I did not have uh, my bingo card as becoming a Matt Patricia defender as the season went on, Nick, but here we are sometimes. I mean, my goodness, man, like again, it's certainly part of the problem. Everyone in New England's part of the problem there, but the fact that Mac Jones just seems to be getting such a break with playing like a terrible, I mean, come on, we're I think I don't love the whole Trevor Lawrence thing where people are like, oh, I was always here on the bandwagon while everyone else hopped off. And it was like, I don't know. The guy played like dog shit the entire last season. He wasn't good for long stretches of the first half of this season. What are we supposed to say? Just completely ignore it and only wait till he's good. Just with Mac Jones, he's been playing terrible. Hope he plays better. Um, I have a hard time believing that one single coach is the full reason why this Patriots passing game has gone from pretty good to terrible. 
Buccaneers wide receiver Julio Jones. Questionable with a knee injury, only could be a boomer bust wide receiver five if healthy enough to suit up. Zach Pascal, questionable with a concussion, only really matters for Quez Watkins. Final few notes before we get going here, guys. Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard, not listed with that shoulder injury. We kind of talked about him a little bit at the, at the top of the show in regards to that Taysom Hill discussion. But, Nick, are you with me there? Where, again, Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Hawkinson, Schultz. And I think I'm leaning into Taysom Hill. I think we're going into that. Those would be the guys I would start ahead of Dallas Goddard. Anyone else that you think or are you even higher on Goddard? Um, yeah, I think I'm, I put Goddard back into the top five. I've got him uh, ahead of Schultz by a fair bit there. Um, I, I was high on Goddard last week. I, I was ready for him to rock last week, so I, I don't see any issues here. Bengals tight on Hayden Hurst out with a calf injury. Mitchell Wilcox did find the end zone last week, but just expect most of the pass game volume to go through the wide receivers. He's nothing more than a thin tight end two at best. David Njoku's knee is fine, but the weather is not. Please don't play him if at all possible. Seahawks tight end Noah Fant, again, expected to play through that questionable tag. Just an issue where, you know, who knows when Will Disley is just going to randomly get more targets than the man. Oh, man, God, I love the Seahawks tight ends. Colts tight end Kylan Granson has this ankle issue going into Monday night, more of a showdown thing where maybe you could be more inclined to fire up Mo Ali Cox or Kylan Granson, but not, or um, excuse me, or Jelani Woods. None of those guys are going to be realistic redraft fantasy options. And then I did see a, uh, Noah Gray popping a little bit in some of the ownership, and that is because Jody Forson is out for the Chiefs with an elbow injury. So any of you D-Gens sticking to the DFS, cheap tight end waters, you could do worse than Noah Gray in tournament lineups. And yeah, Nick, my only other note was Aaron Donald being out, and we already talked about that for Latavius Murray. So great day to be great, everyone. Week 16, one more game away from all of the sweet, sweet championship performances. Nick, you've been grinding content all week, all season and long we all thank you for the hard work let the folks know what you got going on ahead of the semifinals cool yeah we got the uh monday morning recap five things we learned at the 33rd team uh four for four we have streaming defenses special teams uh starts and sits full positions there uh and then this week at pff uh, only did the wide receiver cornerback matchups to target and avoid didn't do the dfs cheat sheet but that'll be back on track next week Great stuff. I am quickly going through the most recent news. Duran James is expected to play. That's not good news for Nick Foles and company on Monday night. We are going to have Cole Beasley once again in action for the Bills, and we already talked about that beyond Stefan Diggs. Tough to be trusting really anyone going on there. And I think that is about it. So once again, thank you all for tuning in with us throughout the season. Uh, and yeah, guess what? We'll be back one more entire week with some other stuff on the way. But just in terms of in-season grind, you guys know the schedule. We'll not be having actually the Sunday night games. You know, Dwayne McFarlane and I love each other, but we also love our family. So, you know, trying to do a Christmas pod, I do not think would be viewed all that wonderfully by the McFarlane and Harditz household. So I'll be back with a quick solo pod on Monday, breaking down the key users takeaways. Back with my guy, Nathan Yankee on Tuesday, covering up some of the injuries and waiver wire goodness for those still interested. Another solo pod on Wednesday, breaking down any cool shit I've learned along the way. And then back with my guy, Nick next Friday going through the injury game. And as always, on PFF.com, if you're more of a reader still in the lovely year 2022, we'll have you covered with all that and much more. So for Nick, I'm Ian. Thanks so much for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And until next time, take care, everybody.